0: This is Kari Payton. I'm Ezekiel on The Walking Dead, and I love listening to Two True Freaks Network. I think maybe you should, too.
1: Yummy, 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 yummy pizza. Yummy, 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 yummy. yummy. The only slice I truly like costs more than a buck or
0: two. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy... the two true freaks, Internet Radio Broadcast.
1: The Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. A perfectly delicious dish. Uh, oh. uh. So we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to sauté it in this first until it's browned. And then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. This is going to go in a 325 oven and it's cook very, very slowly just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. <gasps> then I'll set the sauce grain out. And then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. You want the flavor of the onions and the beef to so all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it inside. There. In about two or three minutes, and you have it in the icebox to heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce, and then. And then you cover it and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything is tender and hot through. Well, now, this is ready to serve right now. Hi, this is April Chamberlain, and you're listening to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. Do you know how many licks it takes to get to the center of my Tootsie Roll Pop?
2: Hello and welcome to Eat It, the half podcast about food. I am one of your two hosts, Stanley Slice, and I'm here with my co-host Garrett Gravy. How are you doing, Garrett? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And this time on Eat It, we are going to be talking, and this this is going to be universally loved, I think, even more so than the last one. We are talking pizza pie. And controversial. For sure, it, yeah, it is controversial somehow, and 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 listen, you're in ground zero of it because Absolutely. where you're in Queens in New York City, you're and in we Pizza are Central. Passionate, passionate
3: about our pizza. I work with my friend Estelle Camboni today, and she told me to. Um, she talked to me a half hour about. She's from Brooklyn, and a half hour about uh, the merits of pizza. I mean, there is a lot to cover a lot to
2: cover bread meat and vegetables all at once bread. if you want it's
3: basically it's the most it's the healthiest food you can eat i believe it covers all of the four basic food groups in one slice if you're if you're smart enough to order the right things that's correct i mean you've got your tomatoes which is your vegetables your dairy which is your cheese your breads and cereals which is your crust and i'm missing one of the four and uh you're missing you one of milk? the group. milk that's it there you With go cheese? it's all there it's it's yep. nature's most perfect food and and you really can't pinpoint when pizza was, you know, first introduced to the world because, you know, mankind has been making flatbread yeah, for as long as they've
2: been making bread. They're, they're saying, you know, I mean, I, and I was just going to say, you know, I mean, it comes from Italy, Sicily, that area. But I got to say, New York City, I think, has almost owned and just taken pizza for its own, you know. Uh, and, and it's a funny, it's a funny thing
3: that pizza really didn't take off as a fast food or as a favorite food, I should say, till after World War II, when the GIs came back from Italy. They had, they had tasted it over there, and when they came back to the states, you know, they, they wanted it, and so it went from being just something that Italian Americans made for their family to what it is today, which is absolutely nuts.
2: Yes. And and like in my hometown, growing up, pizza was like a treat. Like I mean, you could go, you could buy a. Fr- there were there were a few kinds of frozen pizzas in those days, you know, and they were the the invariably the thin cardboardy crust, you know, or you could buy. I want to say it chef. It was Chef Boyardee, and you would get like a can of of um, powder that you added water to to make the dough and a little can of like almost basically tomato paste, you know, mildly flavored yeah. tomato paste and then a little little um cellophane or you know um um packet of of cheese which was parmesan cheese. So it was basically a you would make this sort of cracker cracker, cracker thing. <laughs> it was like a cracker thing with with tomato paste and and uh and I thought that and as a kid like I I considered that pizza I remember in home ec class mrs. Bince was like we're going to make pizza today and we were all like ooh and, and it was a slice of bread
3: how exotic <laughs> with,
2: with some with 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 spaghetti sauce on it and then you added a lot of extra oregano to the spaghetti sauce and then yep. we would sprinkle a little like we would actually put a Flap of American cheese on it and put it in the you toaster got, oven. You're barbarians, barbarians. And that, that's what that's what pizza was. Unless you went to two places, which were in you had to drive to Watertown, which was 25 miles. You could go to Pizza Hut, which to the kids, since it had a sit-down Pac-Man machine and a jukebox, was oh, the oh. ultimate in awesomeness, coolness. Every mass group trip to the movies or something in Watertown invariably all the kids were like, we want to eat at Pizza Hut. Or, if you were feeling fancy, you went to the Fairgrounds Inn, which was a restaurant at the Watertown Fairgrounds that served really good hand-thrown pizza. You know, it was just, it was really good. And my only other source of pizza, until I was almost like, I think I was a junior in high school before we got a pizza delivery shop, Stefano's, in, in our hometown that would actually deliver a pizza to our house so it was like this rare treat and, and like in elementary school if you were lucky you could go to, uh, I would be at my friend Carl Carpinetti's house and his parents were there, I think his father was there on witness protection he was a cop wow. in New York City who ran afoul of the mob and now was a farmer in, in northern New York and Mrs. Carpinetti was a completely angry <laughs> he, they might have been for, angry to be taken away from her nice house in New Jersey and now living in the sticks, with all her family smelling like cow shit all the time, and no pizza. Oh, there was pizza when she made pizza. Holy, it free, was good. holy! I'd never had nothing like that before. It was the kind where you know she would rise the crust, and I, I've in the in what I figured out to tr- the, that I've been to the extent that I've been able to replicate her pizza, um, it's like, once you get the crust risen, it's the right amount of sauce on it will soak into the crust, so you end up with a crust that's crispy on the bottom, bready for a real thin layer, and then a chewy layer before the sauce and cheese. And it was... It would come out of the oven about two inches thick, you know? Yeah, pizza pizza's always been
3: a tough thing
2: to do at home because you know your
3: standard oven just does not get the right temperature i don't know if she was using a stone pizza. or yeah
2: what well, her, you have, or it you, was just her you, old you, family you, recipe or whatever but
3: you, her name is carpinetti pizza tray yeah a, a pizza stone or even a cookie tray but you know new york like uh, you know here in a city uh in queens or all over new york uh, we have what was probably the first licensed pizzeria, which is Lombardi's in the city. And you can still go to Lombardi's. It's off of Spring Street. I think it's on Elizabeth uh, Street or Spring or Elizabeth. And it was the first licensed pizzeria. And they use coal. And they still use coal here and there at a few other places. And coal has that temperature that gets so hot that you just throw that, that skin in there. And I'm talking that thing is ready in... A flash it comes right out and it's a little bit charred around the edges.
2: Sometimes and, it's and, bla- like I, I, I hear they try to get this certain kind of black on the bottom of it. Yeah, that's the perfect the way I of... tell them.
3: I tell them, I when I go to a place like that, I say, you know what, I want to burn the pepperoni, don't bring it out until that pepperoni is, yep. is a black around the edges. Because as much as New York is a pizza fold type of city, I mean, you have to eat your pizza here. We have the dollar slice if you can find one. But you have to put a napkin in your hand, and you fold your pizza so that the grease goes in the napkin. And that's how you eat it. That's how everyone eats it. But being from California originally, we didn't have any idea of, of folding pizza. Our pizza was more, you know, you pick it up, and you and you eat it. And it had seven different toppings on it, where in New York, that's sacrilege. If you put more right. than two toppings on your pizza here, it's just going to flop. Because, you know, New York pizza in general, well, thin-crusted. Floppy and kind of hand hand stretched, and that's that's the way it's made. You can't put a bunch of toppings on it. Right,
2: right. You, if you do put a bunch of toppings on, you have to put a very super. You, there's only a certain amount of weight they're going to support. So you can put ten oh. toppings on it, but you're just going to put shavings of each one on it. So and it better that. as a as a cheese slice, pepperoni slice, or a uh, sausage slice. You know, the classics are what it's going to work the best for. I mean, we got a New York pizza place with a, with a, um, basically, uh, a, um, a, a, you know, uh, um, um, whatchamacallit, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a migrant from, migrant from New York City. He, I, I, I mean, he's moved from New York City to here. Italian fellow looks like a combination of our podcasting friends, Paul Spataro and the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. Oh, wow. And has the voice of Paul Spataro. And he's a little grumpy, you know. He's got the size. If you got a cell phone, a cell phone in your hand, nobody's serving you, that sort of thing. And if you go in there and say hi to him, he goes, "Hi, how are you doing?"
0: And grumble, grumble. Okay,
2: Pizza is fantastic, perfect, you know, just, just perfect, just New York City style. And they, they know that they have a little different audience up here. So, like de- like one of the o- always styles there is uh um buffalo um oh buffalo yeah okay buffalo Buffalo style and so like the the standards are cheese pepperoni sausage buffalo style and um banana peppers love uh, banana peppers a big deal now so those are you always are going to find those in the new york style pizzerias around here and that guy's starting to open up other ones he opened one down the street from us and we were so excited it was a lot closer and, it tur- and everybody in it seemed to be transplanted, you know, Brooklyn accents and stuff. That's eh, not that good. <laughs> no. Nah. It's like, well, the we all have our favorite place.
3: Our favorite pizza place. When I was growing up, there was a place um, called the, the Old Time Pizza Joint in California, Hayward, California. And it was pretty interesting. This guy had bought this humongous Wurlitzer organ, all right? Ooh. You know how many pipes are in a Wurlitzer. Well, there was no way that he was going to fit this whole. Wurlitzer into this pizzeria so he took the Wurlitzer apart and put it back together in the confines of this pizzeria so you sat everywhere you sat in this pizzeria had parts of this organ the wood flaps were on one wall and the other wall had the pipes it was amazing and the pizza was incredible this guy developed his own type of pizza oven that had uh three or four different le- levels and you would and there were big circles and you would throw the pizza and it would rotate the oven would
2: rotate and your pizza and then you would was... go up with it or something
3: no it, that's just how you ordered it. that was the oven you would you would uh you would the pizza would cook like that rotating spinning on like a record player it looked like a big record player with a bunch of records uh-huh. stacked and that's how it cooked and it was perfect and uh and then, we, that's where everybody went, and it was the best pizza I, I've ever had. And then one day, I went back for a visit, and my old man said, Hey, guess what, kid? The joint burned down. And the oh. pizza joint caught on fire, and it burned down to the ground. Lost that Wurlitzer. They lost a Wurlitzer because apparently they had got insurance on another Wurlitzer that they had in storage, and not the one in the end and they, they never came back, and, and, and to this day, man, I still miss that fucking pizza. When, I
2: still miss it. When we went to visit our cousins in Denver when we were kids, they took us to a place called the Organ Grinder. The
1: good old summertime presents the Organ Grinder.
2: The Organ Grinder, the most excitingly different
1: family entertainment pizza restaurant in the world. For young and old alike, we've got it all, including an amusement midway with free play tokens with a purchase of any size pizza.
3: The organ grinder, the family place for good
0: old summertime fun and great. On 82nd, one block north of Foster.
2: That so- that sounded more like a chain version of that. It was huge. It was a big, multi-levelled place, and it was full of parent. It was for kids, you know. It was. Yeah, it was like a more. It wasn't a, a quite as childish as Chuck E. Cheese, but instead of the organ, they had the whole organ and band set, mechanical band set up that would play music. Okay. All so there were drums beating around, and they were mounted all around where you were sitting, and they would show old Buster Keaton movies and Bugs Bunny cartoons on a huge screen. How I was like, the pizza? I don't remember much about the pizza. I just remember I was with my cousins, and whenever I was with my cousins, we got in trouble. All I remember about that place was the organ playing, the movies playing, li- like tracking lights like a disco. And I remember my cousin and I, you know those drink straws with the two little the two holes in them? Yeah, the yeah. little flat ones? They had toothpicks that fit perfectly in them, and my cousin showed me how you could load toothpicks well in like a double-barrel shotgun and, and blast I... them off the second floor onto people eating and we got in trouble for oh, well, yeah. <laughs> toothpicking people
3: <laughs> yeah i would think so but you know it's there are like like we were going on there are just so many different kinds of pizza uh well even, you're even, from even, the west you, coast and i yeah, know, you know we have unfortunately we have the california pizza kitchen which Started out there, and I'm not a fan. I don't.
2: We, we had, had one I, just close. the 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 pizzeria I was just saying, the second New York one just opened up where California Pizza Kitchen just closed. I got some f- good food poisoning in a California Pizza Kitchen. Oh once. well, you know
3: it's it's California style pizza, which which I don't really believe. It, it, that restaurant probably went ahead and and uh, and started that up with their with the weird toppings, and I am definitely. Not a fan of of a California style pizza if it has you know crazy stuff on it and then uh, we were talking. I don't the mind th-
2: the crazy stuff as long well, as I it's done well. Well, I don't mind it well.
3: Yeah, if it's done well. But there were some weird mixtures that I just I just couldn't I couldn't get into it. Uh, well,
2: how do you feel about the Hawaiian pizza? I know that's the one um, everybody wants to fight about. That's. I saw a bunch uh, of New Yorkers. Getting into it, one guy was taking a stand and saying, like, I don't care, I like it, I'm from New York.
3: <laughs> you
2: know what? Do I like it though. Know. I know you
3: like it, and, and I eat it, and I like it, but I feel dirty. I feel like I'm cheating on pizza in general.
2: I did one of my what? dirtiest, dirtiest things to a Hawaiian uh, pizza. What? <laughs> Could do tell. Oh, so dirty. So dirty that the stat- I'm glad the statute of limitations is over. <laughs> on that. Let's just put it that way. Seriously, I think it was a felony what I did.
3: Oh, God. Um,
2: well... I worked with my buddy John. At, we, we, we were going to school at RIT, and, and uh, if you were Poe, you could get a job at RIT as work-study, and I got a job in the kitchen, and uh, one of my first jobs there was doing the pizzas, the pizza part of the food service, you know, the, the dining hall. And it was more of the restaurant bar dining hall rather than like the mass student dining hall. So it had a section that was a Got little it. pizzeria and one that was a taco bar and one where you could get a salad bar. And it, it just had standard stuff. And my friend and I, the guy who ran it was this guy named Oscar. And I think he was a like an engineering major who ended up loving working food service that he just sort of took over the RIT food service. And to, I'm sure to this day, he's still working there and he had, he was a control freak and he had a way of making everything. And the way you made pizza there was you took the pizza tray and you'd take a paintbrush and you'd paint brush on, you know, that, uh, it's sort of yellow fake butter.
3: Yeah, yeah, like it, in
2: popcorn butter or something. Popcorn very yeah. similar to popcorn butter in a big you know come in gallon containers of liquid. You just slather that on, put the dough on top of it. You were not allowed to let the dough rise. And hmm. then then the so- lot, tons of sauce, a lot of cheese, and then pepperoni, if you put pepperoni on it, you covered the entire surface with pepperoni overlapping. So when you cook that pizza, it turned into like the greasiest, all the pepperoni oil would, from all those pepperonis would just go to the bottom of the pan and mix with the fake butter oil and soak in. So they were wet, like the slices were wet with grease. And that was the way he liked pizza. That's, and so my, that's the way
3: everybody like had to
2: like it. Well, my friend, yeah, that's how everybody had to like it. But my friend John and I, my friend John, who's Sicilian, whose mom in high school was our savior pizza mom, Sicilian mom who would make us big pizza smoke joints with us and then play old '60s bands that we'd never heard of. Mom ever great, great mom. And uh, so her son was the one working with me, and we would we, we were in open rebellion. We were just like, we noticed if you let the pizza dough rise a little bit, it would get a little more bready and a little, little tougher and didn't put as much oil on it. And people were starting to go like, finally, we have some pizza that we can eat, you know? You're a rebel. And uh, one day the special was Hawaiian pizza. And the weekend before that, we had had a party at our house and we had a party at our apartment every two weeks. Multiple kegs, banned, always, always getting yelled at by campus security, but we could usually talk them out of it. Well, this time, my one roommate, we, I had two roommates. Both of them, I was the only one who wouldn't drink, but of the other two roommates, they were both usually really drunk. One of them must never talk to the cops, and the other one must always talk to the cops. Oh, shit. Because he could always, you know, talk, you know, he would just, he was, he was a born diplomat. So this one, um, um, officer had shown up and was at our front door and wanted to come in and we knew our rights that we couldn't, didn't have to let him into our house. Meanwhile, the house was so full of people. I was on the second floor. They're like, you got to get out there. Dan, the one who shouldn't talk to the cops was talking to the cops and they're like, we can't find Mike, the one who should talk to the cops. So you need to go down there and try to defuse the situation because it's getting bad. It took me a full 15 minutes to get downstairs in this little three bedroom apartment, you know, and and finally I get downstairs. The band has stopped playing, but the, um, <laughs> the lead singer is going, fuck the pigs, fuck <laughs> the pigs. And the crowd starts going, fuck the pigs. And he's sticking his foot in the door and the crowd in the kitchen is shutting the door on his foot. And then he's taking his nightstick and sticking it in the hinges of the door and messing up the door. So I instantly, I don't like the guy. Well, well a week later, not. I'm working the pizza, pizza bar and the special is Hawaiian pizza and who walks up but officer friendly. Oh, man. Like a nice slice of Hawaiian pizza. And I said, you know what? This pizza's been sitting up here for a while. Let me get a nice fresh pizza out of the the warmer for you and you can have a nice fresh slice. For,
1: you dream for, of it for, stuff for like campus that.
2: safety. And then I bend down, I open up the hot box and I stick my head in there and I pick the biggest, juiciest, fucking, drippiest booger, and I just slide it under a piece of pineapple. And I go, here Beautiful. you go, sir. Here you Beautiful. go. Beautiful. And then we watched him eat it. Felony. <laughs> the yeah, only yeah. time the only time I've ever messed with anybody's food in food service. You ever
3: mess with people that serve your food, man. I'm no, you, you don't. You do not. Definitely not a good idea. Never I try not to send anything back unless it's really, 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 really over the top.
2: Someday because... when we get to the someday when we get to Chinese restaurants, oh. I have a story about not messing with the people who make your food.
3: Absolutely. You just don't. You gotta learn. Nope. Now what? What's your uh, take on uh,
2: pizza cut in squares? Mm. I don't like it unless it's a sheet pizza. If if it's a round pizza, sh- sh- I had a friend from Brooklyn that I was roommates with for like ten years, and he would throw he would th- he would send a pizza back if they delivered it and it was cut into squares. And, I agree. You no, know, and he had a list of all the pizza places and he would, you know, I specifically don't want the, you know, cut it like a pie, not in square. Okay, and I kind of swears. And <laughs> I like a I like a bit of the end of the I like the crust. I eat all the I'm Me not too. one of those pizza people You're who not leave the, the crust in the, the in the, that in the, box. the ring of crust. No, the crust is one of my, uh, the crust is one of my favorite parts yep. if it's done if it's good crust. If it's just bready, dry crust, whatever, I will not'll I'll, I will bow out after a while and tap out and be like, okay, I need something more with but good crust is like my favorite is almost my favorite part of the the pizza and Me too. he would flip That's... if it was and and I hate that, you know you have those nice edge pieces, but then you get edge pieces in those squares that are like half crust and half pizza, and then the yeah. rest are like you can't hold them. Because they're all, you can hold them, but your hands gonna get all, all greasy. I think
3: the pizza in the square is a big Midwest thing. They 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 love to cut their pizza in squares, and some of my friends from that part Barbarians. of the country. Yeah, I know, and they actually like ask for a side of ranch dressing with their pizza. It is a big deal. They have to have ranch dressing.
2: I've seen people pizza. dip their pizza in ranch dressing. Or sort of like garlic butter sauce too. Yeah, like
3: Papa Murphy's will 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 send you a garlic butter that you can do, which which I would take over ranch dressing. I mean, I wouldn't use it, but if I had to,
2: I mean, ranch I dressing defi- is just delicious. But it know, is, yeah. I
3: mean, but- you know, and I like ranch dressing, and I like pizza, so in theory, it should go great together. I mean, I like pineapple and I like ham, so in theory, I should have no trouble with the Hawaiian pizza. I I just it's just. Uh, like I said, it's just different, different uh, pizza uh, taste, you know. I it's it's hard to find good pizza, uh, and that's why people have to keep reinventing it. I mean, you know, twenty years ago, or you had a lot of the mom and pop places around that could make a great pizza, but with the emergence of people like you know Domino's and. And how could you afford, you know, to compete against a guy that can sell you two
2: pizzas for $10? But now that I know the difference, like, Dom- Domino's yeah. is edible. I can eat it. Domino's. Domino's in a pinch, in a pinch, if sure. I'm somewhere. It's Domino's. really cheap. You call them up, what's the special? You get three pizzas for 10 bucks or something like yeah. that. It's, It's great. It fills you up. And, I mean, it's sauce and bread and cheese. It's not yeah. going to be terrible.
3: They have driven out more of the mom-and-pop places because they can't right. compete. And then you start getting into, like, well, let's reinvent the pizza. I mean, now you have the hey. pizza with the cheese stuffed crust. You've got pizza Here's with Here's a question.
2: That. Can you toss a dough? Have you Are you a dough tosser? Uh,
3: you know what? I, I can't toss a dough. I can stretch a dough pretty good. I, the secret to it is you have to have – you have to make a dough with the right type of high-gluten flour. And high gluten flour is something that you usually can't pick up at you know any grocery store unless it's a specialty store. Oh, but no. but you next can get this time high sh- gluten next, flour. Time,
2: next time we get together, maybe we should do pizzas. I'll show you how to toss I've, a dough. Oh, definitely, and I'll get I got the flour here,
3: and we'll definitely uh, I've barbecued pizza because you know I can get the barbecue really really hot, and we can put t- we put we've put tiles on the pe on the grill before, and we've done some spectacular pizzas on the grill because you know we can we throw a couple of logs in there if we yeah. want to really get that heat up because you have to have you have to have the heat. If you don't have the heat then then it, it's tough. You can get your oven up to about 600, you know, degrees and leave that stone in there for an hour Then you're going to get something pretty good. But you just the, the whole coal oven and the wood burning uh, stove. My parents have a wood burning oven in a backyard in California and we used to make some spectacular I'll pieces. Bet. Oh, I've got pictures that they're just beautiful, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Pizza is probably, and, you know, there's a the whole cold pizza thing, too. Man, in the morning, if I get up and there's some leftover pizza in that fridge, I would rather have that than, than, an, than a fried egg. Cold pizza and an ice-cold Diet Coke, holy cow, in the morning, that is my go-to snack.
2: We, we have one place here, it's a, a local chain, and their pizza is perfect to get, like, the like, Whenever I order one of their pizzas, I eat half of it hot and the other half of it cold. Cold, And it's a totally different – cold pizza is a totally different experience. Absolutely. I love cold pizza, though. You know, when you get you, you have some snap to the cheese and stuff. And yep, that's exactly right. Snap
3: to the cheese and a little bit of pull to the crust, too. Yes. At the, like the end of the crust, you have that little bit of pull. And, uh, yeah, there's no way that I let any part of the pizza go to
2: waste. All right, here's, here's the next – final question. What do you think of the Chicago style?
3: Oh, I thought long and I've thought hard about this. I guess it has all of the trappings of pizza. I mean, it, it it's made in. Oh,
2: that's right. I saw you. Okay. I, I remember yeah. you said you were talking about this online now that you're saying this, yeah, okay. It, it's made in a
3: small like a like a cake pan where the where the dough is more of a like a, a Kind of goes right up to the edge. It, it you know makes a a, a forty five degree angle all around the pan, and yes. then you you put layers and layers of toppings in there, sausage and and uh, and you top it with with the sauce and cheese, and you bake it. And you know and it's a Chicago thing, and they love it. And I don't hate it. I I like it, but it's definitely a like a, a knife and fork pizza, which which yes. is which I think is weird when I see someone. But I can't say that I hate it, but I, I guess I'm going to have to call it pizza we, because I don't want to piss off anybody. But deep dish pizza, it, it should be in a category by itself. What's your take on it?
2: We got this place here. I Like Pizzeria Uno style, yeah. I have had that before. It's okay. And, like, I remember Pizza Hut had some deep-dish pizza. I've made my own. Um, But hands down, there's this place in Rochester called Chester Cab that does a deep-dish pizza that it's, like, it's going to cost you close to $30 for one of these pizzas, but it's going to feed a single person, you know, four times. Each slice is, you know, like half a pound. And, uh, And when you order it, you gotta order it you gotta you know, if you're getting delivery, you gotta give it two and a half, three hours before you're gonna get it. And when wow. you get it, oh my god. It Well, I'm gonna hold
3: you to that next time I go Next up to... time
2: you come up here we gotta get one that it has like the the crust on the bottom is almost like a pastry crust. It's flaky like a pastry crust. And it's one of those things like we have a place that does this, has a Cuban that it's not really it, it is the ingredients, but it's the proportion of them and yeah. this deep dish they they everything has this great proportion of cheese to and meat or you know whatever you get in it or vegetables or whatever you know you order to have inside of it, you could get a lot of stuff thrown in there, but they they really you know they don't just throw it in there they have thought behind it, and it ends up it's also the best place to get barbecued chicken wings. Where they oh. make chicken wings and then they toss them in barbecue sauce and then they throw them on a on a grill to put grill marks on them and oh dear so, god so uh, so I
3: guess we're gonna agree that deep dish pizza is pizza blocked, sure. but with an asterisk next to it
2: sure. maybe <laughs> sure we'll 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 get a new uh, yeah we'll we'll see what you think after next time you come up to Rochester
3: yep change my mind
2: but I think that leads us
3: it does it does mm. follow the trail folks.
2: From pizza to deep dish pizza to the all-time porn classic and groundbreaker Deep Throat. Talk about Deep Dish. Relax, relax your muscles, and sit back, and we'll be back in a second with Deep Throat.
0: The following preview has been approved for absolutely no one. Fucker. Dick Dragon, Kung Fu Fucker. In the high stakes world of kung fu fuckery, there is only one man with the power to save the day. Dick Dragon, Kung Fu Fucker. Witness Dick Dragon battle the world of international crime as he faces off against the nefarious kung fu in and their leader, the vile Mr. Hitler. Fucker. Behold the awesome thrills as Dick Dragon escapes from the terror of the two-ton boulders. Fucker! Fucker! You murdering bastard you! Be there as Dick Dragon chops his way through the hell of the barking tree ninjas. Fucker. You idiot! Alright, you can die now. See Dick Dragon wrestle his way out of the torment of the hairless bears. Fucker. Gaze upon the helpless females crying out and begging for Dick to save them from the certain doom of the demurgination station, the stronghold of the Kung-Fooligans, fucker. Feel the power as Dick Dragon works his way through the totally warped, angry tower, fucker. Explore Dick's intellectual side as he performs the winter of our discontent monologue from Shakespeare's Richard III, fucker. Starring Clem Manhunter as Dick Dragon <laughs> Oh, Chickie Dipney Ricardo Lazzardo, Pino Lazzardo, Di Manzadrella Di Manzo Donna Parmigiano Tito Di Manzo Jermaine Di Manzo Aurora Chastafari Labia Extendra Three-time world champion, GAFA champion, Tony Chang Oh, you got the wrong man Tanzino Big Booty, Vincenzo DeSalvo, Tortellini Vermicelli, Michaela Gnocchi, What do you want? <laughs> Frank Nero as Mr. Hitler, with OG Simpson as Juice Lee and Polly Spataro as Moke. Let's that's right, this is the dick you've been waiting for. In 2016, watch dick explode onto screens. Go see Dick Dragon, Kung Fu Fucker. fucker. Dick Dragon, Kung Fu Fucker. Dick Dragon, Kung Fu fucker is Fu Fu, Demands of Chrome, Photo Films, Presentation, Milan, Italy, All Rights Reserved.
2: Welcome to Beat It, a half podcast about the pornographies. I'm one half of your greasy hosts, Cold <laughs> Deepwater, and I'm here with oh. DG Diggler. That's right,
3: folks. Let's just turn out the lights, pull down those shades, light those scented candles, because today we are going God's to, go to be. For put the kids to bed. Put the kids to bed. Put the kids. Outside, with, with the cat, <laughs> with, the, with the wife, a la Flintstones, throw them out, because we are going to talk about Deep Throat, a movie that's so controversial that they even took the name for the Watergate controversy, <laughs> and my, my father always talked about Deep Throat. I've never seen it uh, until a couple of days ago and uh and and now i know why it was is controversial i mean deep throat was uh made 1972 and it was directed by uh uh gerald Dam- damio i guess uh, Ger- gerard damiano yeah Ger- Ger- Gerard damiano and he also went on to direct the devil and miss jones mm-hmm. which i never knew and it was arguably considered to be the first porno to have a plot and really good character development for the time but if you watch it you kind of might say wow what were they watching before that and it stars linda lovelace aka linda susan borman and harry reams oh harry i'm telling you And uh, I'll give you a little bit of a synopsis about the movie in case you haven't seen it, but you're definitely going to want to see it after we talk about it. It's about a sexually frustrated woman, Linda Lovelace, asks her friend Helen for advice on how to achieve an orgasm. Now, after a sex party is no help, Helen recommends that Linda visit the doctor. And the doctor discovers that Linda's clitoris is located in her throat. (laughs) (laughs) After he helps her to develop her oral sex skills, Linda right away asks him to marry her and he informs her that he can't marry her, but she can settle for a job as his therapist, performing her special oral techniques, therefore known as deep throat on various men until she finds the one she wants to marry and for the rest of the movie it's pretty much uh the doctor just documents the exploits that uh linda is having with several of his patients and it has a wonderful happy ending no pun intended although yeah in both ways it is a happy ending absolutely plenty of those now it has it made it, it it was real controversial for for its day uh and it probably and and correct me if I'm wrong because, I'm thinking that that maybe all of the the pornos that you may have had before that were probably just basically of the stag film quality maybe Swedish you say erotica
2: that? there were yeah. there were nudies and you know, sort of soft core things that you would see say in Times Square, yeah you know and, and but they 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 weren't usually hard hardcore would be like Swedish erotica. Or a film loop, and this was the next evolutionary step, where introduce some semblance of a story,
3: some semblance, like and that.
2: to a hardcore movie, and sync sound, <laughs> for yeah, some yeah. of it. For some yeah. of it, if you notice, the movie is 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 in has distinctly two different different qualities to it one quality where characters are speaking with sync sound and one quality where it's filmed silently and cheesy music is put over anything you see walking you know walking around outside driving a car or having sex doesn't have it doesn't really have moans and groans or dialogue it's just yeah, you're right. I loop.
3: I didn't with,
2: really notice that. I was distracted by the humongous dongs. That well, were. I was... Yeah, well, that's porn <laughs> for you. around there. <laughs> <and, and, laughs> don't get distracted by the giant dong. Pay no yeah, mind but, to the giant dongs. But, but the music. But, the, you the know, it was, I, I noticed it because... I think what really made me think of it was that, you know, I have a, I have a roommate, and, you know... It's funny for this show, putting together the like opening credits for this show. You know, I went on I went on the internet and found like, porn moans and stuff for it. And I'm I'm previewing through a bunch of them, sound effects of porn moans, and stuff. It's a rough the, job. And lashing them together, and then I realize, you know, I'm not thinking anything of because I'm like I'm doing research for my pod, I'm doing work on my podcast. And meanwhile, probably outside my door is like, oh, oh, and like, and I'm like, oh yeah, my roommate's probably gonna be, be, like, that's odd. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, and Chris is blurring porno in his. That's an unusual situation. And when I was watching Deep Throat, which I was like eating my dinner, I was eating a nice ste- some steak and some broccoli and some homemade steak sauce, and watching Deep Throat, and oh. I was like, oh, I can play this porno, <laughs> and and nobody's going to be like, Oh, there's a, po-. well, I mean, with the music and stuff, there's porno music playing, but there's not that Im- the embarrassing moans and groans and, yeah. and, and stuff like that, you know, and the diet, when there's dialogue, it sort of sounds like a regular movies playing. So I, I think I, I watched that one safely. And, uh, were you drinking, were you
3: drinking an ice cold Coca-Cola when you were, I was not, <laughs> which we will be getting into, uh, in, in a, in a little while. Uh, the music is uh, is interesting in, uh, in this movie. I think uh, you are much more qualified to talk about the music uh, than I am. Uh, but from what I noticed, they took mostly popular songs from the era and tweak them just a little bit so you I would use the
2: term them. bastardized
3: yeah bastardized <laughs> is a good example you
2: would listen to it
3: and you'd say hey i won't know that song i wonder how they got the rights oh, oh no they didn't quite it's get not, the right not quite
2: they? do you know the way to san jose no no no
3: no it's actually do you hoe the way to san jose <laughs> right would, which uh... but you know you're looking at it now and i would say it's it's with the exception of one particular scene it's it seems pretty pretty tame but during the uh when it first came out it caught qua- it caused quite the stir and was not shown in a lot of cities and actually made it to court in a lot of uh places instances and it was finally you know they they uh They went ahead and said, "You know what? There's nothing wrong with this. This is an art film." And
2: Gerard Damiano was kind of an early Larry Flint, where he had to go to court a lot, and he was like one of the first people to be like, "I'm going to be a filmmaker." You know, I'm going to actually. This was his learning how to make a movie. You know, and you would notice. And we're going to watch some more of his movies as time goes on. They become more cinematic, and you can see him. Trying to write trying to write a real script and have real characters and uh and you know, sort of working the the sexual revolution philosophy. At the same time, during that time period, if you notice a lot of the guys in the movie are just kind of sleazy. Oh and, yeah. You know, I, the guys working the there. sexual revolution where these middle aged guys are like, Yeah, sexual revolution, what are you, twenty All years right. old? This is awesome.
3: There's you know. a lot of uh Pork, you know it's a big sideburn pork chop sideburns
2: going on well, and the biggest por- pork and... chops were on damiano did, did you yeah. did you notice damiano's uh, he cameo in the a movie? cameo in
3: there he did he did playing the gay guy the <laughs> he did put himself in the movie what just walking into his apartment uh and most of the sex scenes it it was like i was watching the human centipede i <laughs> I, I i didn't it, wow you know
2: they're not hot, really. No, you know, it's,
3: I was wondering if somebody like... It was the like... novelty
2: of it that... And, I mean, in those days, though, I mean, that was cutting... it For one thing, I noticed, Linda Lovelace had a completely shaved vagina.
3: Absolutely. Did, how about the shaving Sta- scene? Standard
2: Standard operating procedures these days, or yeah. just a little landing strip. In those days, holy well, cow, that was Not only did kinky, they have a kinky. shaved
3: vagina, but they actually showed her shaving it using a safety
0: razor oh,
3: like my old man used to do and get cuts and they had a bastardized version of uh, the old spice commercial music i don't know if you heard it but it was like la da 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 i was going oh my god they're not actually doing that and that was strangely enough i think my favorite part of the movie i i just i was just waiting for her to cut I, I don't know how to describe it. It was something about she had a, a, a mug and an old, tiny fucking uh, brush. And yep. and all she needed was a bunch of old men sitting in rocking chairs down at the barbershop talking about whatever. But she was really doing it with a, with a safety razor. It wasn't a straight razor, which I would have been more impressed, but a safety razor. Not an easy thing to shave my face with. I can't imagine going downtown to do anything with that.
2: Yeah, she was. She was one of the first porn stars who was like, you know, look at these new and kinky things that people like to do with sex and new and
3: kinky. I guess I guess we're gonna have to get to the elephant in the room.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: up until you know, you're watching this movie and you're going, okay, this is a your st- a porno movie. It's it's it, it it ushered in what they consider the golden age of porn. Uh, Harry Reems is is hilarious in it. I think that he's probably one of my favorite actors, if you can call him. <laughs> he's just funny in the way he talks, and he's he he you know he definitely looks like he was really into. His role, but there is—he is he might have taken.
2: Is, you can tell he's taken some acting lessons, and he's got just—he's got sort of that personality of a celebrity and a,
3: and a great voice. He would have been a great voice for any cartoon, actually. The the voice that he was using for Doctor Young, but there is a scene where Linda is helping one of the many, many people who uh, who has issues. Where all of a sudden they, Jesus, well,
2: how would you put it? They. Uh, they, she, she she does the, the... it was Now, this was a a sort of cult thing back in those days, a little novelty that people did. It was called The Coca-Cola Douche. And the Fugs famously made a song called Coca-Cola Douche.
0: My baby ain't got no money Snatch it a taste like a honey, Oh she makes that Coca-Cola do My baby, she a fizzes and she fuzzes. But her pussy, it snaps like a turtle, Oh she makes that Coca-Cola douche. <laughs> straight from a heaven my baby you can sip with the straw because she makes that
2: Coca-Cola do and it was because it was to experience the fizzy feeling of a carbonated beverage in your most private and sensitive areas and I believe it's not a good thing to do. No, no, unless uh, I, you're gonna... I, I, I know that, like, during oral sex, you're not supposed to, like, blow air into the vagina. That <laughs> can cause, it can literally cause death. It can cause, like, air bubbles in the blood. So, I don't think carbonated soda Bubbling no, CO2 really- in there is a good idea, but maybe it feel. May, it, I mean, if it became a fad, it must have felt novel or good or something. But it, it it was a fad.
3: Now the only way I would have been into it is if you would have like did the Coca Cola and maybe a half a bottle of rum down there too. So these <laughs> you could have you could have yourself a mixed cocktail when you're when you're down. There. But but it was I can see that that might have been. The scene that pushed it over the edge—it
2: pushed back. it into John Waters' territory for me. That, yeah, the way yeah. it was shot and the way it was done with the humor of it reminded hum- me of thralls. Divine eating the poop at the end of. Uh, yeah, at, at the end of the movie, you know, it, it was. There were a lot of, th- you know, I mean, it comes with the the territory of super low budget and sort of pushing the boundaries, but. There was, and this was the same time period, John Waters was starting to make movies too, and you can feel it. <laughs> yeah. something you, in the air. <laughs> it was a shock
3: value. I mean, they started out with champagne, and then they moved on to Coca-Cola, which you would think that you started out with the Coca-Cola first, and some chocolate-covered strawberries maybe, and then work your way over to champagne. Right. that's not the way it worked. Uh and there were straws involved. I mean, they—they they were uh, it. I well, I, there you go. I mean, there there you have it. Uh, it it made a lot of money. The movie did for its time.
2: And, oh you know, yeah.
3: It, it had strong, and no one's going to doubt, it had strong mafia connections as well. It, All porn it, did, and
2: you yeah. know, and and th- this gets back to when I was a when I was a kid. My grandparents taught me to read really young, and my grandparents like. If I was at a bookstore with my mother, she was watching what I was buying. My grandparents were like, is he going to read a book? He can read it, you know? Whatever, read it, you know? And I had the skill even then of finding shit that was sketchy that didn't look sketchy. (laughs) I got a book on possession, like there was supposed to be true stories of possession, you know? It came out around the same time as The Exorcist and had lots of demon swearing and stuff in it, you know? And I remember like going to like an art show with my grandmother where she would carve birds and sell them and I found someone who was used, selling used books and I got Linda Lovelace's, I guess apparently, one of her three autobiographies or wow. biographies what and this one position. was the last one when she had become born, gotten married and become born again Christian and renounced all of uh, of her porn career um and and stated that it was all done under duress from her husband at the time who got production manager credit on this Chuck Trainer and he was like your standard psycho control freak pimp sort of guy and the book was all about how Chuck Trainer trained her to <laughs> to you know and and the deep throat technique is a standard issue porn trick nowadays in those days oh, well when Harry no. Reams met her on the set, and Chuck was like, "Hey, baby, show your style on on Harry Reams." He'd never had nothing like that before, and I he mean, flipped I, out.
3: When I watched it, it kept reminding me of a of a Python unhinging its jaw yes. and eating a gazelle. Which, yes. Which, which I mean, it was. It's something to see. It really, it really is. It's, it's uh, pretty.
2: It's pretty amazing. I think um, that
3: she probably got her. You know, I'm wondering if she would have made it big in porn if she didn't have that particular technique. Well, that was uh, the
2: focus of it, yeah. And everybody yeah. went nuts over that. And it was something that people didn't know about. And then <laughs> for some reason, they just really wanted to know yeah. about it after that. I mean, Dr. Reems was an excellent
3: doctor. He well, told her that you must relax your throat, just her. relax your
2: throat. Her renunciation and I cannot remember the name of the, the her autobiography, but basically it was, was it porn. called like finding my tingle? It, it, no. It was it was <laughs> it was something, you know, like my you know, my journey through hell type thing. <laughs> but uh she you know but she you know, she would describe a lot of it as being very exploitative. But when she got to Deep Throat, that was the first time that she met people like she she had a really good relationship with Damiano and Harry Reams. They were the first people in the whole, into, you know, she was basically turning tricks with with her husband and doing, real, you know, porno reels with dogs and stuff before <laughs> that. And so, like, this was the first time they put her in makeup before, you know, acting, and she was being treated like a real actress, and then all of a sudden she was a starlet, which caused trouble with, Chuck Trainer, who was a small-time pimp guy. It was very much like the movie Star 80 about the Playboy mm. centerfold, who was in, I can't remember the name of the movie she was in, but uh, Dorothy Stratton, who was killed by her boyfriend, pimp, who was well, super jealous. And Linda it was...
3: actually went on record and saying, you know, every time that you're watching this movie, you're basically watching me getting raped that's what she told people and that uh, was
2: like in the autobiography it was almost like if deep throat was the first time that she was actually enjoy like enjoy she was like it was fun i liked having sex with harry Reems and gerard damiano taught treated me like an intelligent human being and stuff you know stuff like that um but uh, it, it appears her story changes over time and ah, you know, it's hard to know what to believe, you know, you, you hard to, it's, it's like, is she trying to continue getting money out of the career or is that really what happened or whatever? I mean, it's almost all in the historical, yeah. you know, sort of realm now. I I mean, when you watch the movie and, and everybody's seen porn movies where the, the actors and actresses in it are sort of like ho-hum going you know, might not be the happiest people in the world. These people seem like they were having at least having fun in this movie. It oh yeah, like it was... I
3: mean, and it had a happy ending.
2: I mean, she wound up marrying a
3: guy named uh, Wilbur Wayne, who was the uh, heir to the hula hoop fortune, the Wayne Hula hoop fortune, and uh, with a great joke.
2: This was actually a great did you, joke.
3: Yeah, the Wilbur, I got a Mister Ed reference there. I mean, I I think Wilbur, <laughs> you know, and the guy was hung like a horse, even though. Uh,
2: well that that was a big joke is she yeah. needed a nine inch penis and he's like, Oh, oh that I'm was only the best four joke. inches away
3: Yeah. Go ahead go ahead and tell that joke because that was definitely the best joke in the entire film.
2: Yeah, she's like, I need a nine inch penis and he just hangs his head and he goes, I'm only four inches away from heaven So he calls up calls up the doc he's like she's like, Well maybe you can get an extension you know, get something done about it and he calls up the doctor and he's like Doctor, you know if I wanna, if I want to get married, I, I need a nine what? you can. He said he could shorten it to any length that I want. And Oh, Wilbur. And then it's the, then we get the happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, she's, yeah. she's found her, her that's what's funny about that the, the, the movie was about like swinger people and the sexual revolution, but really what's their goal? Find their husband. That's it. That's all Find she a husband from and get married. And and what, what do you need? The guy the, the guy who gives you <laughs> orgasms. Well,
3: I mean if you have your clitoris in your throat, what are you gonna do? I mean, <laughs> are you gonna get a tongue depressor to get off? No, you have to you have to find somebody that, that, that can satisfy you and Wilbur definitely
2: Definitely Wilbur who's all right whose to... fantasy is rape.
3: <laughs> yeah, Wilbur well, yeah, I didn't get Wilbur Forced Wilbur likes... rape.
2: At gunpoint, Wilbur,
3: at, yeah, at toy gunpoint, uh, we the worst-looking little toy gun. Wilbur likes to put a uh, a bandit mask over half of his face, <laughs> and and she says, "Gee, Linda, I love you. Will you marry me?" <laughs> oh, Wilbur. <laughs> I'd like to, but I'd like oh, to, oh, Mr. Eggman. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what? I I can I can see now why this this is a classic. Because I, like I was saying, my old man used to talk about oh, deep throat this and deep throat that. When I was a kid, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, and I never got around to to watching it until you know, me being your Padawan, I'm learning all of this through you, and uh, it was fun. It was a it was a fun viewing in in the bedroom by myself with the door triple locked after my wife is asleep. <laughs>
2: Your wife won't watch them with you.
3: No, my God, no, no way. She's from she's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, where people don't even have sex.
2: whatever. Uh, I, I, I can't. I can't. You uh, mean where most? You mean the Midwest, where most of the porn goes? <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Where we're, we're Jugs, where Jugs Magazine is the uh, is, exactly. is running rampant industry.
2: No, but it was, I would say was deep, fun. deep throat is't deep throat would not be the porno to watch with your wife anyway. No, I, mean, no. I mean, I'm recommending this as a movie to to watch, but it's almost to watch in a historical context uh, i i'm I'm not giving this one a big rating on like, ooh, that was hot because I really di- didn't find any I was like, I remember as a kid seeing pictures of Linda Lovelace and going, yeah, she's not very attractive for a porn yeah, yeah. star because I was young and had poor taste. And then when I was watching it again, I'm going, no, actually, I think she's very attractive and 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 hot now that I'm an adult and I have better taste. But at the same time, yeah, yeah the, the, the sex is, has that very much old school novel, novelty of filming sex, we're playing doctor type of feel to it you know and uh it's it's kind of quaint and even the shock value of it is kind of quaint now so it's yeah it's like an interesting it would also be something you could watch with a room full of people who are drinking and you know carousing of course
3: the jokes the jokes would be endless in my crowd
2: the jokes and you know there's there's a lot of mst3k value to it It, oh
3: isn't there though my god it uh it was a lot of fun to watch. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I recommend it out there for anyone that that has never seen it. And like you said, it is a very important movie in the industry.
2: It's probably on every streaming porno site because it fell into the uh, public domain a long time ago. They never bothered to register it. Yeah,
3: The trouble is most computers don't have enough memory to for a penis that size that you can <laughs> download it. You have to <laughs> If you Technology's want download, catching up, though. If you want to download Harry Reem's penis, you're going to need maybe three laptops, and you're going to have to do it over the course of a week because it'll take up all your memory. You know, you're you, going to you, need you, an external hard drive. Yeah, you're going to have to put external hard drive and a lot of Coca-Cola. That's my
2: nickname for my penis. External hard drive.
3: Mine's just Wilbur.
2: <laughs> Wil- Wilbur. Wilbur. Oh, Wilbur.
3: <laughs> oh, Linda. But there is a, there's actually a uh a deep throat 2 and I think Linda Lovelace is in it as well. I
2: I so. think there was yeah, and I think there were even there was like a deep throat 3 that was had that t- was shot to be an R-rated movie that to this day like the only cut of it is like a soft R. It's got to be one a of the weirdest things. And it was like it was like good to go for like Cinemax. So Okay, so uh, we might have to check those out and see if they're they're uh, beat it worthy. Yeah, we will have a lot more to cover. I mean, definitely. But this was a this was a good one to, the, uh, the to start with off. The problem with porno sequels is if you start covering porno sequels, some of them go into the double the triple oh, yeah. digits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the
3: it's like the Super Bowl. You know, you start getting into Roman numerals. There's so many of.
2: Fourteen them. years yeah. later, yeah, you you and I are like, <laughs> and here we are. Today is our coverage yeah. of of you know. Yeah. Violent anal vixens. Yeah. Number Linda, fifty-eight.
3: Linda Lovelace has to take off her teeth, take out her teeth, and put them in a glass of water before she makes the. Apparently, two, there's the a Linda seven. Lovelace
2: for president movie too. That was. Is it really? Of, yes. He's was... no longer with
3: us. I know she. No. Uh, he passed away, and she's in the. I
2: great think big we might have lost her.
3: Her and Marilyn Chambers. Yeah, Marilyn Chambers is is not around anymore either. Uh, but Harry Reems is still around. He probably has a wheelchair for his fucking cock. But... A
2: wheelbarrow.
3: Yeah, a, wh- <laughs> a wheelbarrow. Just two little wheels down by the shaft that he has to roll it around in because he's too old to lift it off the ground anymore. But
2: Down at the old porno <laughs> old age home where they yeah, have special he... special dispensations for everybody. That... Did you say the porno old age home? Yeah. Oh, dear God. I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, no. And that reminds me... Um... I'd I'd like to introduce a little bit of uh audience participation in in um 'cause as soon as I said porno old age home, I'm like, you know what? I'll bet you there's some old porn stars who've already made a porno old age <laughs> old age home movie. And uh um if you wanna send us and and by this time At at this point, we haven't released an episode of Eat It and Beat It yet, but by this time when we've released it, we will have a Facebook page for Eat It and Beat It where you can can go and you can uh, give us suggestions for movies or topics or or whatever. But one thing I want to do is uh, in the future have a little bit of porno, you know, every once in a while we'll have a porno roulette episode where people give us just a word and you know, I'm not gonna accept any words like you know fisting or double penetrate. You know something, something or like blumpkin. Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. That's that's directly associated with sex. The first test we did when discussing the show is we ran a, a search for guacamole.
3: Oh God, the great the great guacamole incident. And okay for-
2: just to see if there was a porn movie that that featured guacamole either in the title or in the content, and of course. We found both, so if you yeah. can, you know, if 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 you can, you know, lawnmower, something, anything, <laughs> yeah, know, and 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 we will go and see if we can find a porno movie with that with that word, and then we will report back to what we what we saw. Really, we won't. I won't report to you what we saw with guacamole because it was no, horrific. we can't. no. It was I've horrific. never seen
3: so many warnings pop up on my computer asking me. Actually, got are you sure you want to go to this site? No, no. Are you really sure that you want to go to this site? Absolutely. Are you yep. sure? And I went, and uh, it wasn't no Taco Bell. That's for damn sure.
2: No, it was. Uh, it was not a run for the board. Pretty much
3: got what you are looking for, though.
2: Yeah, we do want we do want participation,
3: and it doesn't necessarily have to be porno. We're also going to do shows on erotica,
2: the history
3: of American. Uh, erotica and there's a wide variety of topics
2: any ideas that you have for the future send them on down and if we get our shit together we may have a special guest next next time
0: oh yeah we definitely
2: we won't tell you what the the topic is because it is so taboo that you will not want to we we don't want to mention it
3: no we don't and just enjoy your you know so uh, roll up in a blanket Listen to this podcast and enjoy some of your mom's home cooking and get ready for next month. Okay?
2: <laughs> that's a that's a that's a joke that pertains to next month. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll see you next time.
3: And with that, we'll sign off uh, like Linda Lovelace did in her movie, uh, Good night and Deep Throat to you all. Don't rock the boat.
0: Now I'm going to tell you the way it has to be, and if you pay attention, I'm sure that you will see. Just relax your muscles, and once you've hit that spot, keep Right on cushion and give it all you got. Now we found your tinkler. The solution is quite clear. For if we both can't hit it now, the bell's your surely. Here
1: burden
0: dedicated to joan crawford it's in the key of wash it out freak it out zap it out hook it out slurp it out slurp it out munch it out punch it out scrunch it out and hunch it out and keep it fragrantly slurpingly slarfingly anteater tongueably clean 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 for the old uh rope chortle